All right. We're good? We're good. Yep. Let me zoom. Let me move mine. Yours is right here. You are speaking into this mic. All right. Say something. Hello. All right. We're good. Bet. I'll do that again. Sink that in. All right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, welcome back. This is what, episode 14? Yep. 14, which is seven away from 21. Yep. Yeah, the countdown. What did he talk about with Brian Red Band? I was going oh, through Joe some of those Rogan. I was going through some of the, or I, I would just scroll through the episodes. They talked about gun, gun rights and gun laws in their first episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, but I just can't be asked, bro. I don't give a shit about guns. Yeah. Okay, okay. What do you have what do you have any opinion on it? Guns? Yeah, you have to have some opinion on it even if you don't care. I I don't really. Just never I thought about like, it at all. I feel like I mean obviously guns are something that could affect me. But I yeah, I just don't think about guns. It just doesn't You've doesn't never thought about it? I don't maybe Would I you ever own one? Would I ever own one? Probably not. Okay. But I also feel like in most countries other than the US, you wouldn't really need them. What was the purpose of guns to begin with? Was it that we're supposed to bring, or we're supposed to bring power to the people in case the government tried to go against us. Yeah, people were worried after the British, because the British soldiers, you know, a lot of stuff happened. Or they they would stay in people's houses. I mean, we have the Quartering Act, but also just what the British government and the British soldiers did to the American colonies. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. So then, in that case, I mean, I don't know, but I feel like a lot of countries work fine without guns. I feel like nowadays guns are just used for like hunting. Yeah, it's also true. But civil liber or not civil, I don't know what this is called. Individual rights. Yeah, individual rights, freedoms is a huge thing. Natural rights. It's Montesquieu. Natural rights. But yeah, individual liberties are just important to Americans and in the U.S. So that's also an aspect of it. Or why should the government ban us from having a gun? Yeah, I guess. But I don't know. I feel like for me, an opinion is something where. If it's something that I actually have some strong feeling towards, or even yeah, I just feel like any we're being feeling robotic towards, right now, bro. We're no, but I, I'm thinking, bro. I don't know. I can't be dynamic 24-7, but whatever. I feel like whatever opinion that I have on something, it would come from me having some sort of attachment to it. Because me, I'm, I'm a pretty individual person. I don't worry about things that don't affect me. Like people, I mean, I was sitting on this on a plane with this girl once and she was asking me about my opinion on abortion because for some reason the topic got there and I, I just flat out said I don't care I wouldn't get one but if someone else gets one like I don't fucking care it's not my problem yeah. I, the, the thing that affects me is birth control and stuff in my water yeah. and that's that's not related to abortion directly I think that's just related to people having sex more you could still express an opinion if someone asks you a question right now then you would say something about it, or yeah. Some, but on what? If someone asked me, like I guns, just asked you, would would you own a gun? And you said probably not. That's an opinion, even if yeah. you don't care about it. Yeah, I so wouldn't own a gun. You don't have if to. Someone ca- else owns a gun. It's not my problem. Right, but that's that in also, that in itself. Shoot me with it, but I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that in itself is an opinion, though. You think? Yeah. Would you own a gun? Again, probably not. Yeah. Would you own a, a gun? Um, maybe. I don't know. If you were living anywhere else outside the U.S., probably not. But if you were living here, maybe. Yeah. Because if everyone has a gun, then you think, oh, I, I should get one too. To protect yourself. Because there's crazies out there with yeah, guns. Yeah, true. I think that's where a lot of people, or I think the left finds a problem with psychopaths having guns. And the right finds a problem with nobody having 
or people having no gun at all. Yeah. And the argument that the right uses in other countries is instead of, or this is an argument I've heard, it's not the argument that people use, but they say that they'll use other weapons and also that, you know, bad guys will get their guns no matter what. So, yeah, I feel like it's the same with abortion. I know this is your water bottle. I feel like that's the same with abortion. I feel like the people that really want to have an abortion will try to get it either way. And I think that the law won't really have much to do with it. Really? That's a pro-choice argument. I think people would, I mean, I think there's people who, if you ban abortion, then they're not going to, they're not going to get it. Yeah. 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 Because people are aware of the risks that come with doing your, or getting your own abortion. And also there's some people who get abortions for less, I guess, dire reasons. Right. So, or just because it's convenient or something. And in that case, I feel... Yeah, but is that the majority of the people? I'm not talking about the majority of people. I'm saying those people, then... They not wouldn't do aban- it. Yeah, banning it would have some effect. Well, I mean, I don't know about about who the majority is or who the minority is, whatever. I haven't looked into abortion. I don't care for abortion. I was just saying that the pro-choice argument that I've heard was that people are going to get abortions, or some people are going to get abortions anyway, even if it is illegal. Yeah. And then they're exposed to a lot lot unsafe conditions a lot more unsafe conditions and they it's just not good for them it's not good for the kid it's not good for anyone involved yeah so you just don't have an opinion or why can't you have an opinion on something even if you don't care about it because then what's the point i feel like that's where you're just thinking right you're thinking and formulating an opinion it's if someone presents you a situation then you should be able to think it through and yeah, present an opinion. I mean, as I was saying, I think all the opinions that I have are just relating to myself. I mean, if you're saying, do you have an opinion on abortion or do you have an opinion on guns? I don't care for the general person. But shouldn't you be able to formulate one if someone asks you something about it? How so? If, if someone, I'm say, I think th- I'm saying that the extent of my opinion is that I'm not going to get an abortion and I probably most likely won't own a gun. But, but you won't ever think about the morality if, of it. Yeah. What if someone asks you about the morality of it? Then I'll say I don't have an opinion on it. You wouldn't think it. You wouldn't think it through. I mean, I'm thinking right now. It's. It just seems like a pointless thing to think about. I don't know. Okay. You've definitely even, thought even, about it before, though. There's no way you have. Yeah, I've thought about it, and then yeah. just haven't formulated anything off of it. Okay. That's fair. Because it's the same as. I don't know, if you see a conspiracy theory video on YouTube mm-hmm. and you click on it and you watch five minutes of it and you're like, why the hell am I watching this video? And you just close your tab and go do something else productive with your day. Yeah. It's the same thing. Oh, okay. It's the same thing about any majority opinion or morality opinion. Yeah. Or not, I'll, I wouldn't say every, but specifically on those two, which are big issues in America right now, I don't, I'm not, I don't have a huge, strong inclination to find my own voice on what I think other people should do. Right. So you, okay, that's fair. So you could do it, but you just don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I mean, you you're pretty strongly opinionated, I think. More than me, a lot more than me, I'd say. Yeah, I would say that too. I think about a lot of things and I definitely I don't know. I I don't think that way there's like what you said, there's no there's no point in thinking about this. I think there is some merit to thinking about these kind of things. 
because or if it just comes up out of while I'm just sitting there or while I read something like comes from a stimuli or, or stimulus yeah. such as the newspaper or something I think it's worth thinking about for me what I'm thinking about mainly when I'm just sitting there what I would think about is more me and then the people that I know or people in my community or whatever what would you think about or how would you, how does your thinking address this in a general sense a topic such as abortion sure I'm, I might approach it from a morality standpoint, or I'll think about it from a morality standpoint, because that's what the issue's about, right? Or that's what people are supposedly arguing that the issue's about. That makes sense. Yeah. Even the example that we were thinking, or not we were thinking, we we're talking about in, in Gov today, mm-hmm. the redistricting. I didn't really have an opinion on it before. Now I have more of an opinion on it because I've been forced to look into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think exactly. So I think we've just been forced into so many thinking about so many things in that case that I feel like I definitely do have opinions. That makes sense. You're exposed to so much stimuli throughout your life and there's no way you just haven't thought about something as prevalent as abortion. Yeah, of course I've thought about it. Yeah. I used to I don't know, I used to say Maybe it's because my, my belief system has changed completely yeah. from back when I was in middle school or mm-hmm. early, even early stages of high school. Yeah. Then I'd say, I mean, I'd, I'd still say I was pretty politically central, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say, I would say I was more left-leaning than I am now. Mm-hmm. But now I think I have some left opinions and I have some right opinions, but as, was it Lex Friedman that was saying it? There's no point in me assigning a label to my political beliefs. Because then it feels like, I'm being, or then every opinion that I'd make has to be of that, Mm -hmm. or I'm being drawn to one side or the other or whatever. Yeah, and I think most of the labels are garbage anyways, because how can you describe someone's varying beliefs or variety of beliefs with one word or one term? Yeah, that's true. And and also, going along with that, I mean, whenever I tell people that, or whenever someone asks me, are you more left-leaning or are you you more right-leaning, I'd say it, I'd say I'm a neutral, but then most people would assume that I'm a neutral because I don't want to take a side. But it's not that I don't want to take a side, but it's that I don't really want, as I was saying earlier, the thing with f- forcing myself into a box, but also the thing with making opinions, I'd have to make opinions that align with my side, or I'd have to form formulate an opinion on something. Because there's people that say they're Democrats, or the people that say they're Republicans. They don't really think about abortion, or abortion isn't prevalent in their life. And then they go online, they just start arguing back and forth for three hours about abortion, which is a topic that they shouldn't really care about, but they, they do care about because they assign their, their values to a party. They try to argue that party standpoint more than their own. And I feel like identifying with a party suppresses your own belief. Yeah, that's, yeah, 100%. I agree with that. Right. You know, that- the thing with left and right, the, in, or when people ask that question, left and right in America is so skewed. Or I've heard that right in America is globally far right and left in America is really around center right so we're just right what's what's the real left then the around re- the world at least I mean I would say the real economic left is communism right oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that makes sense yeah. then. or not I mean, communism, I- just socialism communism yeah so yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> economically I don't know about socially see the, there's this economically and socially thing that's often or it's in the what is it called political compass right yeah but people say that that's a bad metric of measuring your political beliefs 
So I don't know. I'm not sure what right and left really means then. Yeah, I mean, it is a spectrum, yeah. Because even the, with the Freedom Caucus and then other more central-leaning Republicans, they, their values and their, their values are different. And even wasn't there, in, in the Republican primary, wasn't there a pro-choice Republican candidate running? Or pro abortion. Yeah, yeah. There I, was, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Maybe yeah, I think so. At least in the first they weren't one. I didn't watch choice. The they were one. just saying that abortion is we should have it. Yeah. Someone was maybe. definitely talking yeah, about maybe, that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe it was Nikki Hit. Maybe. I forget who, but Yeah, alright, whatever. Go ahead. No, yeah, but the spectrum of opinions is so different that I mean, as you were saying, it's just kinda hard to or it's the the label doesn't describe the the spec the range of opinions yeah. that exist within that party or within the people. Yeah. And we were even the thing that surprised me actually, I mean not really surprised but kind of disappointed me when we were looking at the the video of the 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 congressmen that were retiring, and they're giving their advice to the new congressman. They're basically saying that the, their party is forcing them to make a vote on something. Mm-hmm. Which is actually crazy, because the people, the people that would support the vote, they this more senior Republicans or whatever, they'd come up and someone that wanted to make a Democrat vote would have to put in a Republican vote because they were pressured to do so. Yeah. Because even if you think, or if you think about the government back then, or I mean when it was first formed, the U.S. government, it was mostly made of common people, and was I, it? Yeah, yeah. I th- not career politicians. It's not career politicians, but it's it's definitely the demographic. Or, yeah, there skewed. isn't elite people. Yeah, but it was elite people who had other jobs, right? That I were think, not experienced in politics. Yeah, because what politics was there before that? Exactly. But I, mean, I think those town halls where we'd all there, they yeah, all get together. And well, that's for everyone, party. exactly. Yeah. Even that, the town hall is for everyone. Yeah. So, I think the whole idea of being a career politician. Is so messed up because it ruins what government is about. So, government should be about the you are representing your people, which means you need to be one of them. When you're a career politician, there's such there's like immediately that creates a gap between people and you. And I think that that just messes up how our governing system works. You know what that reminds me of? One of our teachers, or one of the teachers that I have that you know as well. Oh, whoops. Hang on, let me get this back up. Yeah. Okay, one of the teachers that you and I have both had, or whatever that you know of, he said that... Here, can, can you hand me that water bottle? Actually? Yeah. <laughs> okay, one of the teachers that we have both had, or whatever, both you and I know, he was saying that the president should be someone that has served in the military previously. And he's saying that if you were someone... If you're electing someone to be the commander of the military, then they should know what it feels like to go to war. So that they don't make stupid, reckless decisions with the army, because they know what a life at stake is actually worth. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, that's. I mean, idealistically, that's good. I don't know about the real or what that would be look like implemented or what impacts it might have. Um, I, I'd I'd have to think about it. I tend to agree, honestly, and I feel like people that have been in the military make more or better decisions as well mm-hmm. regarding. Because morale is a big part of how the military is conducted, no? 100%. And people that weren't in the military military wouldn't know what these guys are feeling. 
I think I think that actually plays a big part in us not doing so well in battle. For example, I mean, this is definitely a very cherry-picked fact, but I'll say it. The last president that, that served in the military was Eisenhower. And after Eisenhower, we've lost every single war. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the other connection I make with that is with monarchs. And monarchs are all, they go to war with their armies. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, not in... Not now, no, yeah, but yeah, it's true, it's true. A hundred years yeah, ago, hundred years every, ago, every time before then. Yeah, yeah. In history, and I often think that form of governing. I'm not saying we should go to monarchy or anything like that, but it's a form of strong government and strong leadership. And I think the fact that they led their military might be part of that. Yeah, and people would often they'd hesitate about going into war or going into unnecessary battles. If their own lives were at stake, if exactly. they weren't making the decision exactly. yeah. for other people, if they were just making it for themselves and other people. Yeah. 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 I mean, so I'd, I'd also the, I'd agree with that teacher that they should have some military experience, at least yeah. active duty. Yeah. Have you seen the comparisons between Putin and Biden? Mm-hmm. You know, Putin trained super hard. He's he's uh, look him up. He's big. He's. Big. he's He's yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's well ripped. He yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's ripped. That's why I was hesitating but to say that. I don't what? think he's lean. He but, passes the one pull up requirement. But he's definitely. Okay. He's he trains really hard and he maintains himself well. And I'm pretty sure. All right, people look up Russian people. They say Russian people like him because of that. Because he's, you know, he's he shows strong. Because your physical strength is also somewhat attached to your leadership or when someone views you as as a, as a leader. Yeah. They want you to be physically strong as well. So even if you see in America, so many people are make fun of Biden for, you know, not being able to walk straight or falling down or something like that or not being able to ride a bike. Like there were so many jokes going on about yeah. that. But that just shows how people, people also want to view their leader as someone physically strong, I think. That's true. I feel like if, if somebody was leading the country they should be, or they should at least present themselves as capable of doing so. Yeah. And I don't think, I mean, that's obviously, that's definitely a part of the reason why Putin's approval rating is so high. And of course, there's other stuff as well. But I think, I mean, I was listening to Khabib talk about this on uh, some other podcast, and he was saying that the culture in Russia just doesn't expect people to be that... I don't know if it's materialistic, but it's they don't want a lot. For us in the West, we want we just keep wanting more and more. It's a competition. We have to navigate the maze and get to the top. That's what society is like in the West. And I don't know if that's I mean that's obviously has something to do with capitalism, but I think generally the way that we shape our kids and stuff like that. He said that in Eastern culture, people are just happy with themselves and their family and providing security. And he said that's it. That's Russian people are happy with that. Interesting. Um, yeah, maybe that generalization works, but I don't know. When when you categorize the East, there's obviously a lot of places that come to mind. But okay, I, I'm talking about Russia in specific. Russia. He said Eastern culture, but I'm sure he's talking about Russian and Eastern European. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what that, how that works for the economy, though, you know? Because I would think the economy you know, flourishes when everyone is working their hardest or being the most productive. 
But then I guess the flip side to that is the problems that come with working too hard. You know, we, we studied this in macroeconomics, right? You know, if you go over the... It's not sustainable. Over the productivity, it's not sustainable. So then it moves or shifts back. Yeah, so. that's true as well. But also, I feel like... It, I don't know about... How is Russia's economy doing? They're declining, no? But it's because they're, they're doing well. Stuff. They're doing Are well. they doing well? I'm pretty sure they're doing well. Because when U.S. banned... Or when the West or whatever, they came together to ban Russian oil exports, what happened was they... Russia just lowered... So since the global amount of global supply of oil went down, the price of oil went up by like four times. Mm-hmm. So then they just ended up making more money off the oil. And then another thing that happened was even the countries who had banned Russian exports or Russian imports, what they would do is there were countries that would buy it from Russia, but that the U.S. hadn't sanctioned, and the U.S. would just buy it from them at a marked up price. Okay. So I think Russia's economy did better because of that. Um, yeah. But I even, even from how the culture impacts the economy, yeah, I'd say that you know, people in Russia, especially, at least from what I've seen, mm-hmm. are there more, I mean, America is quite patriotic, so I, I wouldn't say they're more patriotic than Americans, but they also want to do their country well. And they also, working hard is a path to, to stability for their family. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That thing is, the, the first part is definitely true, because that's the difference between so America is so individual focused that I think that aspect of doing something for your country or doing something here for your people is often lost or I guess just not as emphasized as much as a country such as China. And I guess that's what communism really means. It's communal, right? Yeah. You're looking for not for the well-being of just your individual, but for society as a whole. And I think in that idea... You know, Russia and China have close ties, and even that can be attributed to the culture of both countries. The idea that the people want to, the people view themselves as a society, as a community, and they're looking to better that community. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about this in the David episode as well, but what do you think about individualism versus collectivism? Do you think that, you think that the center is the perfect, but then if if the center is the perfect outcome, then how can a country or how can some people or whatever get to the center? I think individualism is good, but there has to be, there's a right approach to individualism. And the approach we have to individualism in America is I have to get more money. And this is just because of the economy, global economy, but it's, I have to get more money, material wealth. If I, this, I just have to keep climbing this ladder to achieve more and more material wealth. I think that approach to individualism isn't good for the country as a whole. But I think there is a different form of individuality that will work because there. I think when you focus on what's really important, and I'm not saying money is not important, but there are things that really, are... I would say it's not that important. You don't really need money other than security. Right, but you still need, you need you just, yeah, exactly, security. And that's something that a lot of people can't even have. Yeah, I think most people, for most people, the way that our economy is structured and the way that jobs work, they have security, but they don't have long-term sustenance. So they have to keep working. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But exactly, so that's why I'm saying, I don't, I'm not saying money's not important, 
but there are certain things or certain aspects of our lives that we often forget in Western society. But I think if we focus more on those, then it's an alternate approach to collectivism. Because when you focus on those important things, the country does well as a whole. So, yeah. I think, and then in the same way, on the flip side, if you're looking at collectivism, it's oftentimes unnatural. Because I think there is a part of us that is tribal, and we're looking out for the people of our own. But it's unnatural to want the best interests of 300 million people, for example, I'd say. I'm not thinking about the collective good of America every, you know, that's not the main goal of my day. You, most people I would say are focusing on their individualness. So there's yeah, some unnaturality. To and it. individualism isn't just, the extreme form of individualism, of course, is just to think about yourself. But I feel like individualism as a, as a collective, or I mean, I shouldn't use collective because then it would corroborate the definitions. But individual <laughs> yeah. as a individualism as a whole, yeah. it's not only about yourself, but it's about you and your community. So it's people that are close to you as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it's it's an, it's a shift. If this is a spectrum, I think individualism and collectivism is a spectrum as well as well as a political spectrum. Yeah, I think most things are spectrums. Yeah, and it's like here, and if this is the end, it's it's like here. If this is collectivism, this is individual individualism, true individualism. The the sense of caring about yourself and then caring about your family as well, that's right there. And I think that, I don't know, push it a little bit towards this direction. Because as you were saying, I think that's how most people operate. Yeah. I'm not sure what, what, what point I'm trying to make with this, but I think that's, what, that's where most people operate at. Uh-huh. And I feel like to at least advance the way we think about things we should push more towards the collective right or a better approach to individuality yeah yeah but then how what is the better approach is there a better approach yeah i don't i didn't explain it clearly but let me use specific examples when you focus on things like family and faith then society as a whole becomes better so even though those are individual pursuits when society as a whole is focused on the well-being of their family and their faith, which is giving them a sense of purpose, then society becomes better as a whole. As opposed to individuality, when you're just focusing on material wealth, then those things become forgotten. And that's what often leads to the decline of a nation or community. The reason I think the Middle East is doing so well, it's interesting that you brought up faith, because the reason I think the Middle East is doing so well is because... They're so unified in at least that aspect. You know, they're yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, I can't, can't, you know, sadden Allah. I have to do this, this, this. Yeah. And their entire society is just constructed that way. Yeah. And it just operates well. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And it's it's not only economically, which of course it's all the Middle Eastern countries are up there, probably in the top. Not not all of them, but you know, the ones that you know of, they're they're in the top ten of highest per capita GDP. And then they also have, you know, they don't, they have no crime almost virtually. I mean, sure. I mean, Middle East, I'm saying, like, do, uh, UAE, the, Saudi, yeah, the, Qatar. The small countries. Yeah. I mean, if you go to, if you go to Syria, like Syria or other stuff, is Syria in the Middle East? Exactly. But, you know, another interesting thing, I don't mean to make this correlation. Sure. But Syria is not all Muslim. There's a lot of Christians. 
really. Syriac. Yeah, questions. but it's not. It's not just saying that that a complete. I mean, I get what you're saying. You're not saying that Christians is, or Christianity, and but unity, I guess, is the point. Yeah, that, unity is the point. That's yeah, what I'm trying to say. Yeah. If they're all backed by the same faith, I feel like the country could go a lot better. But also, I don't know because. That pushes almost an idea that, that yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It pushes the idea that I don't know. We want a yeah. full, full country of whatever, whatever. Not but I feel like most people, that's that's heightened. That's a peak of conflict in most societies. It works well with different religions, whatever. Yeah, like Singapore, for example. Yeah, Singapore. For they're example. a small country, but they're so diverse in terms of religion, language, ethnicity. Do you think? Actually, I don't know if I should ask that question. I was going to say, do you think a country being smaller would actually help towards its success? Yeah. It's easier to govern. And there's yeah. less people. It's Yeah, it's more unity among the people. Yeah. You know, even in the same podcast, the Theo Vaughn podcast with, with RFK, he, Theo Vaughn was saying that moving out to Nashville, this is, I'll, I'll bring this back somehow, but he's saying that moving out to Nashville felt a lot, lot nicer than LA. Because he said... If you were in, when you're in LA, there's such, there's a sense of superficiality in, in the way you interact with anybody. And when you go on, a, on the, the street in LA, you're never going to see 99% of those people again. Nashville, smaller town, people would have to put more effort into their interactions because it's someone that you're, it's someone, they're now, you're part of their community or they're part of your community. Yeah. And I think a s- smaller landmass, it's just the personification of that. <laughs> That's an interesting what, metaphor. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, or analogy. Yeah. The I mean the the yeah, smaller yeah, the I thing the it, country yeah, is, the yeah. more important the interaction you have with the one person. And I feel like then it's just a better society. Yeah. Yeah, but I think if you're able to have, there's a ratio. And then if you're able to have a large country and large amount of people and you're still successful and that's managing it well, that's way more impressive than having a small country. And yeah, it is impressive, but is it realistic? Because a small country will limit its citizens on purpose, right? So when you make this point about the Middle East being successful, it's huge, I'd say, generalization. Not even generalization. It's just... I don't think it's an accurate statement of the Middle East because look at countries where I guess even Saudi's doing well now that you say it, now that I think yeah, about it. it. Is. What look up Middle East map. I'm trying to think of the other countries. <laughs> I don't know Bahrain. Cuz not Yemen. every place in the Middle East can Talk about something else while I look this up, bro. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like what I was saying earlier makes sense. Mm-hmm. People are. That's why New York and LA and all that stuff. They have they have a rep of having ruder people. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But what about? I guess the places where it's not as good is where there's war or because Iraq. Because was Iraq doing well before the U.S. invaded it? No idea. Okay. But then you have Yemen, which there's a huge crisis. Yeah, but it, that that's all it's all due to war. Yeah. What about Oman? Haven't you been there? Yeah, I've been there. It was nice. It's kind of, I guess, rustic maybe is the right word. It's a little bit old. The infrastructure looked. I'm not sure. No, but the, the infrastructure doesn't matter. Who cares about the infrastructure? Uh, their per capita 
GDP is 33,000 PPP. I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, we, we learned about this last yeah, year. Yeah, I know, but I don't know I what, what that means yeah. in terms of other countries. Like U.S. GDP per capita. But yeah, regardless, okay. In an ideal society, Maybe. I think all faith-based people could, could somehow live with each other. Because no yeah. religion contradicts anything that another religion says yeah it's dependent on dependent on external factors yeah i mean obviously there's there's smaller things like do we worship with idols or not because christianity and islam they don't worship they think that god can't be perceived through an idol or whatever we think that i mean what do we think we think that it's like a personification it's a way for us not a personification it's a way for us to or makes it makes it easier for us to yeah it's like an eye into I it's a tool to, for us. Yeah, a tool. Yeah, it's yeah. a better yeah. word. Yeah. But there's small stuff like that. But I think the biggest things, I think the biggest things are pretty common in every religion. The yep. set of morals and the values that we have, it's it's all it's all basically don't fear anyone else except God. You know, do behave in a good way. Don't commit adultery. Don't commit murder. You know, there's 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 pretty it's it's pretty basic stuff. I'd say. Yeah. So, I mean, when we, yeah, exactly. But exactly, that's what, exactly what I think about when I think about India and the religious conflict going yeah, on And there. also, let me add, before you continue with the religious conflict in sure. India, there's no religion, at least none of the major religions, that say that you can't be another faith or you can't be with another faith. I think a lot of people distort it in that way. Yeah. But I don't think that, I'm pretty sure in Christianity or it's in the It's just that you Bible believe in one in, God. That's yeah. the contingency, right? Yeah. Yeah the the bible the quran i don't know i've never read the quran i've read the bible but even none of our texts either they don't say that we can't i don't know believe in something else or we can't believe in multiple things okay i looked it up and it says muslims view christians to be people of the book and also regard them as kafirs unbelievers committing shirk polytheism because of the trinity and thus contend that they must be dhimmis, religious taxpayers under Sharia law. So what does a religious taxpayer mean? No idea. But also I've heard that I've heard that no one or the Quran specifically states that no one but Allah is allowed to judge the extent of someone's faith. So I feel like having conflict based on religion is a dumb thing. Is religious taxpayer like you have to pay a tax to live in their country or something? I don't know. You want me to look up? Yeah, sure. Also, we should end this soon. Yeah, sure. But we should end it somewhere <laughs> better than where we are right now. Okay, religious taxpayer is... It's just they're paying, they're paying stuff to Islam. They're paying stuff to the state. Okay. They're paying the operating cost of the mosque. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess I can continue. Yeah, well, I guess where this connects for me is India because India's the idea of when India was created was to create a secular country, right? So obviously, no idea of, you know, tax paying would be there or something like that. It was to create a country where all religions could live or coexist. But now the reason there's a problem or there's an issue around Modi who. He's not making the country a Hindu country. I feel like that's what people say, and that's inaccurate. But he's pushing for, a, I guess, 
the way people approached secularity in India before was they tiptoed around the subject, especially Hindus, they tiptoed around the subject of, you know, religion in, I guess, in any ki- involved in any kind of government because, you know, this is what their, this is their founding fathers, the, the, one of their founding ideals. Secularity is one of their founding ideals. So they would tiptoe around the idea of secular, or around even, I guess, embracing their religion. But what Modi wants to do is he wants Hindus to embrace religion because as we talked about earlier, you know, faith is such a strong thing for a country and its people, especially for a country on the rise. So, yeah, I mean, I think even with, so Muslims and Hindus can coexist in India while both parties are embracing their faiths. Yeah, I agree. I mean, even, I don't know if, I'll, I'll still say it anyway. I don't know why sure. I'm hesitating. Yeah. But in Andhra courts, there Andhra's a state in Andhra's India. A state in India. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But in Andhra courts, there's, people follow Muslim law or they follow Hindu law. And the courts judge them on if they're following Muslim law or Hindu law. Yeah. You know that? Yeah, I know. This is a thing not just in Andhra, it's throughout India. Well, I know it about, I know it uh, that it's true in Andhra because yeah. my, my aunt is a lawyer. Yeah, but, but I guess my, my, my question is law meaning, does that, is that really how it works? They judge I think them, so. It's based, if they commit a crime, then they judge them based on, oh, like small towns. Like towns, just law. Towns in their courts. Maybe not big courts, bro. Big courts well, have to follow the Indian Constitution. Yeah, probably, but yeah, maybe small courts. They judge on their crimes yeah. based off what it says in their religious oh, texts. Oh, yeah, probably in the yeah small towns. It's called panchayat in, in India. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. You have anything else to add? Uh, no, but yeah, is that where we should end it off? Where should we end it off? I don't, I don't know. know. I feel like we can't find a better way. All yeah. right, peace. Bye. Yep. Bye. Out of here.
All right. We're good? We're good. Yep. Let me zoom. Let me move mine. Yours is right here. You are speaking into this mic. All right. Say something. Hello. All right. We're good. Bet. I'll do that again. Sink that in. All right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, welcome back. This is what, episode 14? Yep. 14, which is 7 away from 21. Yep. Yeah, the countdown. It's like, it's like the, the uh, guess who, the guess who girl.